0: ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in to the pwf empire podcast jay here along with dalton and micah excuse me i have to address dalton uh properly the canadian what's my name sir the canadian thank sensation you. aka the international man of mystery dalton my apology sir thank mm.
1: you mr aj styles spelled e-h-j and uh it's only right that I provide another Canada fact for you. So uh, did you know if you were traveling up into Canada by way of New York, there's a highway that you can take that you can once you go past customs and go into Canada, you cannot leave to get out of Canada. You have to go all the way around.
0: All the way around, as in. what? Like world? literally
1: a, like go, like go towards the Pacific. You cannot get out. You have to go towards British Columbia. OK. Oh,
0: hmm. That's an interesting so,
1: fact. So, um, Northern Hell. Yeah, don't get on the wrong highway. <laughs>
0: Based off of where Noted. things are going, you know, that seems like the right highway to be on. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> down with that. <laughs> we also Damn. have Micah, the new guy, part of PWF pleasure. Empire.
2: Pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be on the show. Pleasure to have some good old time fun. Florida fact, it's hot as hell down here. That's, that's all I got.
0: Well, I'm in Arizona. <laughs> I, I think I claim the hot title from you. I mean,
1: I mean, Jay. I distinctly remember during our, our trip in Orlando, Mister, you know, somebody putting sunscreen all over their ears and saying how, oh, I'm from Arizona. It's not going to be that hot.
0: Mm. It's different though. Like the humidity, that was the issue. But, oh yeah, and it's I, not even necessarily. I distinctly because- remember. I distinctly remember Good. us
1: being in Harry Potter world, and you looking at me about midday and going, "It just got hot as hell!" Right when we were standing next to a butterbeer. Cart. <laughs> well, you
0: well, you know the thing about that. that is, I said it got as hot as hell, but Arizona is hell. So, boom. I, I I I compared the hotness of Florida to the standard that is Arizona. So, I claim the title. Even this I mean, isn't even a title I want, but you know it's it's. I there. mean,
1: you can you can have that. That ain't even what I'm mad at.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad that I'm back in um, Arizona now. If for one reason only, the, the fact that there's not that much humidity here, because that humidity was destroying my friggin' hair. It was. It was habit <laughs> on my hair. Yeah. But um. We have a few wrestling topics that we'll like to talk about today, and we also got some questions from the listeners out there. Thank you all for using the PWF Empire hashtag. We'll be addressing those questions sometime during the show. I want to start off, and we're not going to talk too much about this because I think that the Raw and SmackDown guys, you did a wonderful job, Micah, you being one of them, covering the moves and the... Superstar shakeup, but the benefit that we do have here, we're looking at Raw and SmackDown, so we get to mix everything up. And I'm curious to know from Dalton and Micah, what was the biggest move in the superstar shakeup for you?
2: Dalton, you go first. Uh, All righty. I appreciate
1: that, sir. So, now that we're a few days removed from both rosters mix-ups, I've actually got the list of superstars here. A little fast fact. There were 11 superstars that were traded across both rosters. Um, And breaking it down show by show, I think the biggest acquisition for SmackDown is unquestionably Charlotte. Um, And the biggest acquisition for Raw um, goes to Miz and Maurice. Now, Breaking it down, uh, show by show, um, we've long discussed that the women's division in SmackDown, while, uh, it had some good competitors in it, it needed star power, really, to, uh, elevate it up to the next level, because the, the thing about the SmackDown women's division prior to the switch was that it had a lot of newcomers in it, and while I was a fan of a good number of those newcomers, um, let's be honest, (laughs) there were some Alexa Bliss and Mickie James matches that were a little shaky, um, and I think Charlotte, uh, being the biggest acquisition that the women's division got, really can add the star power that the division needs to get to that next level. Uh, she is an in-ring veteran. She's got the talent. Um, and she can start throwing in some new combinations that we've not seen. And then looking over at Miz and um, their characters that, uh, with Raw being a more segment-based, promo-based show, rather than being uh, based around the in-ring action, the Miss and Maurice are those perfect kind of characters that... Um, Can add to the heel side on Raw, and um, quite honestly, I think there's some good matchups to be had on Raw as well. I'd like to see Miz and Maurice be some antagonists over
0: on Raw. So those are those two. About Miz and Maurice on Raw, though. Why do you say that? Because for me, looking at SmackDown, SmackDown. Of course, the tagline is the land of opportunity. But I don't look at it as just a tagline. I look at it as a real-life situation where this is, okay, well, people who may not have got the spotlight on them previously, we're going to give them a shot here. And I feel as if with when it came to The Miz, he was given a platform to fully exercise his talent and what he was bringing to the table. And when he did that on SmackDown... Remember, The Miz, he wasn't up to much before the brand extension. When he moved over to SmackDown, he caught fire. And the dude has risen so high to the point where I honestly believe that were it not for him jumping over to Monday Night Raw at some point, They had to move him, had to move him up to the main event scene. And I'm not even necessarily saying this dude had to be a world champion, but at the very least competing for the world championship in a program leading into a pay-per-view for the uh, championship. When he moves over to Raw, you take away SmackDown Live, or you take away Talking smack. That There's was point. that was the Miz's show. They call SmackDown Live the house that AJ Styles built. Talking Smack is the house that the Miz built. Even though I loved the show before he got on there, you know that promo, the promo that he cut, you know, ripping Daniel Bryan to shreds, and just looking at everything that the Miz did on that show, I just don't know if they can capture that magic. On Monday Night Raw, because you're working with a different creative team, a different setting, just to show overall, there's a different feel to Raw and SmackDown. And I'm hoping that we are putting to a situation where The Miz changes Raw more than Raw changes him. Because if it's the latter and not the former, I don't know if we're going to get the same Miz.
2: If I may interject. Uh, well, you're a, first...
0: you're a co-host, so go ahead Right,
2: right, right So first off, uh, for The Miz I completely agree with Jay And uh, I, I understand definitely 100% with you, Dalton That The Miz has a bunch of upside But in, for me, with The Miz being now on Raw He's not going to be as focal point as As big spotlight as he got on SmackDown as Jay definitely just said, Talking Smack was the springboard that put uh, Miz back on the map. Before that, remember, Miz was Intercontinental Champion, and I forgot multiple times <laughs> because he wasn't doing anything. and He wasn't really cementing himself. And then that first ever SmackDown Live that then followed up with the Talking Smack, Miz was not on SmackDown. So he got pissed, with the Talking Smack, and let loose hot fire. Mm -hmm. one raw talk is garbage and that's what i'm like that's what i'm hopeful
1: for possibly uh someone like the miz who used uh uh talking smack as his own platform i'm hoping that they could possibly change up the raw talk stigma with someone like the miz and i know currently they're only running it after raw pay-per-views um but the miz is the kind of character that could
2: elevate that and But the, there's also the other caveat to the problem with it being uh, Miz talking – the difference is that Talking Smack, Boost gave him the springboard. SmackDown gave him the chance to show off. <laughs> Sorry, Dolph Ziggler. No one cares about you. Um, <laughs> but
0: Apparently, besides,
2: everyone does. We'll get there if that's mm-hmm. a question or anything. <laughs> no, no, we won't. No we, no, we won't. Good. Good. I'm happy we're gliding <laughs> over it. But um, Miz – when I look at Miz in the whole spectrum of SmackDown, he ain't got a chance with anybody. He's gonna turn back into that smarmy uh, uh, bitch heel that he used to be. Sorry for my profanity. Um, <laughs> is, uh, uh, the little the heel that he was of um, sneaky Not not like when he did it on SmackDown Live. It was like, dang man, your girl got you, and she helped you win as well as all your little conniving ways. But it was smart. Now on Raw, he has to compete with the Braun Strowmans, the Roman Reigns, the Samoa Joes, the Seth Rollins, the um, now invincible Dean Ambrose. Um, Uh Who else is there lingering around on Raw? I can't see Miz able to compete with those guys on a level like that. On SmackDown, even when he was against AJ Styles, for some odd reason, there was an air that he could possibly win if He's in front of Braun. Trust me, Braun ain't just picking up an ambulance with Miz. He's picking up a whole <laughs> and, like, chucking it in the ocean.
1: And that's the the problem I noticed when I look over the superstars that uh, SmackDown – or, sorry, Raw acquired. It looks like, in the grand scheme of things, the bigger players got sent to Raw. You know, when we look back at the draft uh, back in – the, the brand split back in July, and bear in mind this was only nine months ago. This is the shortest gap between a brand split and a something of a draft that they've done since the show started. Looking at the uh, the whole of the superstars that switched over to Raw, you look at um, you look at Bray Wyatt, Alexa Bliss. Like I love Alexa, Mickie James, Apollo Cruz, Kalisto, Hers- Heath Slater, and Rhino, Kurt Hawkins. These are most of these are names that, for all intents and purposes, we don't care about. Like, I'm barring Alexa because I'm showing some favoritism to her because she's my favorite female superstar right now. But realistically speaking, all of these superstars had a better chance on SmackDown, and that's kind of the problem, is that we've kind of known the blue brand to be the land of opportunity, as Jay said. And yet, when they go over on Raw, there's really only a a handful of players that are going to be featured prominently, and you kind of just have to hope that you don't get lost in the shuffle.
2: Now, to... Uh, the point, and uh, after, I'll go into who I think is the, the biggest uh, trade and all that in the, in the, in the trade-off. But uh, the draft happened first off, and I've talked to this with another friend of mine, that the original brand split draft in July happened because SmackDown was going on to air. That was a formality of, now SmackDown matters. And we got to push that. So now I think from now on, every year after WrestleMania, the brand, the, the uh, superstar shakeup will happen. That's what I believe. And that's the proper thing because WrestleMania is a, is a new season. This last season was, let's say, season 28 because it's the longest running televised program on the USA. Episode. Yes, there <laughs> we go. If,
1: if, if this is a new season, then this pilot episode was shaky.
2: Yeah, this this pilot episode, but just as I said on the Raw program, which you guys can find on PWF Empire on YouTube, um, you it is in the way right now that we are all anticipating. It is not paint by the numbers. It's not like, Oh, well, here we go again with another Raw. I'm nipping at the bit for the next Raw episode in Smack sorry, next Raw episode. I'm always anticipating the next SmackDown episode because I don't know what they're gonna do on Raw now. And I have felt like that in a long time. But doesn't
0: Raw. some of that uncertainty have to do with the fact that this this whole superstar shakeup was weird in a sense that it seems oh. as if WWE didn't have a clear direction of where they wanted to do, to go. For example, we have a Raw pay-per-view that's coming up and Bray Wyatt on Raw is going to be facing Randy Orton from SmackDown for the WWE Man. Championship. You have the, I guess Kevin Owens wasn't even technically drafted to yep. SmackDown. The United States Championship was drafted. So whoever wins between him and Chris Jericho and it's like how do you feud with someone who's on a different show and when you start doing things like that you break down that divide that exists between yeah. shows that is also necessary for WWE to maintain
2: yes 100% it is it is very clear Dalton and I have uh, have made quick jokes about on on um, Twitter at Michael Kool-Aid multiple times that he it's very clear the uh, superstar shakeup was completely like why don't we throw dane over here and then he's like oh okay <laughs> like it was it was completely random there's storylines that are completely going now that they completely utterly just like ah oh, screw it and that's the problem with all the people that went from smackdown to raw i feel like none of them finished everything they that they could on raw I mean on SmackDown. You know, I'd be Bray, happy if
0: they just completely drop off the Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, like no questions well, asked. they can leave that. They can leave that. <laughs> yeah. No questions asked. Just go your separate ways and fine. You, that-
2: and you know, and, and you know this hurts my heart because I was I was really rooting for that and being at WrestleMania. That was the worst match on the whole damn card. And that's saying something from the bad Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin match that we got on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. That was the worst match. Randy and Bray a hundred percent. But uh you're, you're right, it should be gone. But for my picks for the best people to go to each brand, and I know I'm gonna be in the minority, I'm mostly also choosing these because I don't wanna completely agree with Dalton because that, i I'll sit over here. <laughs> I will say for SmackDown, Sami Zayn. And for Raw, ooh, it's gonna be tough. Because I want to say Dean, but I'm not stupid, so I'm going to go with Alexa. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to go with Alexa. And I'll support oh, my, my claims for both, starting with the easier choice. Alexa is the way easier choice. With Alexa Bliss on Raw, first, with Charlotte gone, that opens up the spot for the, as as I said with Miz, She going to be the more conniving heel woman of them. Obviously Nia is the big monster heel that they're going to have. Naya's going to be the one being the psychological warfare t- telling these stories with just just the words that she spews from her mouth, getting the heat from the crowd that they love her,
0: you mean Alexa, mean but
2: they love to hate her. Yeah, that, did I say Nia? I meant to say Alexa. That was my mistake. Alexa, as much as honest to God, I really do not enjoy her character. She's... I. How can I put it? I enjoy hating her but like that enjoyment is that i actually don't like her
0: see i look at alexa as being too <laughs> um, annoying i don't to be conniving like i don't, yes. I don't see conniving yes. when i look at her
2: i feel it's not it's not that she's like super smart it's that she's smart enough she's smarter than all the other girls 100 she knows how to push
0: buttons that's the kind of yes yeah.
2: that's the smart that she is she's damn sure annoying and i'm so happy someone's at it. everyone praises the ground that she walks on She's oh no really... i like
0: her though that that's not... i'm not gonna go no, as far as to say but I, I like alexa bliss she she for the character that she has she plays that character to a she damn plays...
2: t she plays that to a t 100 mm-hmm. percent, no lies um and i think that's gonna take her really good directions and now that She's got Bailey to feud with. She's got Sasha to feud with until Sasha turns heel. She's got Nia to stay the hell away from. She's got Dana Brooke to whip up because Dana Brooke is a face and she never wins matches. She's got Emma. She's got a whole smorgasbord of people to face off with, and as well as tell tell a storyline feud, not an in ring feud, but she will also back up her stuff in the ring, and I think that will that will be a fun time on the. Perpetual train of is it is it Charlotte is it Bailey or is it Sasha is it Charlotte Bailey and Sasha is it Charlotte Bailey and Sasha? oh hey Naya hey girl we, is it, which was throw, a good train. A break of that triangle
0: it, it 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 was a good triangle it was but it it they they
2: did you know I don't know if you have the have the radio like we do in air and um let me let me put it let me say it incorrectly, differently. Um, here in Florida, in the radios that we have, you don't want to listen to the radio because they play the damn song over and over and over and God, over. God, 21 and... Pilots everywhere. Same as that with Raw.
0: I mean, they you play would, the... weren't you playing 21 Pilots all throughout the trip? No, 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 no,
1: no <laughs> They're good. And hold up. It's the right kind of 21 Pilots, though. I'm sorry, but Heathens is just getting really fucking okay. old. I, I love you're... 21 Pilots, but Heathens is just overplayed.
2: Way too much edge here but besides uh, besides that, now it's a different shakeup for the women and I think that is what is needed for raw because if I have to sit through another Sasha Bailey Charlotte thing, I might I actually don't even pay attention anymore. I just kind of completely turn off my brain no
0: um,
2: no no Now, when it's important I am but when it's just it's always oh, important dude, how many damn Naya Sasha Charlotte, bailey tag matches have we had i can look them up the
0: thing is do i need to pull up the damn wwe championship history from the attitude era do i need to pull it up
2: (laughs) oh you're not trust me jay remember i'm only a year younger than you and i've been watching you
0: remember that you remember
2: oh boy stone cold rock stone cold rock stone cold rock (laughs)
1: we just look back at that whole time with rose colored glasses though
0: but, but, no, that was some good shit, though. Like, living through, it was good stuff. But basically, what I'm saying is, look, I, get mad. I, I'm saying this for the folks out there. Oh, my God, he just compared them to so-and-so. They are the equivalent. In the women's division, they are the equivalent of those stars from the Attitude right. Era. And, and it right. is what it is.
2: He's right. If you if you have a problem with that, hit us with the hashtag PWF Empire Don't will holler at, we'll me. Holl at Don't at me. Don't I said hashtag. I didn't say ats. <laughs> yeah, he's but. he's better than Cass. He knows the difference between a hashtag and an at symbol. <laughs> but now I'm gonna switch over to SmackDown. And you know my boy, Sami Zayn.
0: Yeah, Dalton, don't you have like some issues with Sami Zayn?
2: So like here's the thing. I will never discredit
1: Sami Zayn's in ring work because I think he's a very good worker. But I'm sorry. I look at him basically like a Dolph Ziggler that people will cheer for. Um,
0: oh, God.
1: Because, Ooh. honestly, because it's already hard for me to get behind an underdog character. And I know Sami Zayn is the kind of person who plays the white meat baby face underdog very, very well. And he's, you know, he's a very likable person. He comes off very likable on television. But to be quite honest... He doesn't win singles competitions very often. If he does, it's rarely ever. Is it definitive? It's usually victory rolls, um, and he's he does a lot of high spots. I mean, he's he's the kind of guy who plays a very good punching bag. He sells very well. So does Dolph Ziggler. But guess what? Dolph Ziggler doesn't win his matches, and neither does Sami Zayn. He didn't win the main event this past Tuesday, and he looked good. Like he does great. He's a utility guy. He does. Very good in his role, and I'm not saying he couldn't do better. But what they position him as is basically an enhancement guy, and it shows on the television.
2: Jay, may I? May I have this one?
0: I mean, I set this up to be a fight between you two, so I hope you do. All
2: right, so so (laughs) spotlight, please. All right, here we go. Sami Zayn will be the next Daniel Bryan. I'll say it right now. I don't care who you are. I know you're hearing this, Tony. Sammy Zayn will be the next <laughs> Daniel Bryan story. And I say this because he has the same not only like white meat baby face, he has it's it's just oozes off of him. Sammy Zayn is exactly the story that every raw or every smackdown commentator says. Oh, he made it on the Indies, but he can't make it here in the WWE. He can't make it in the big leagues. That's his story. And while, for example, you compare him to Dolph Ziggler, the problem with Dolph Ziggler is that he was supposed to hit his high in, like, 2009. And then he did it. Then, yeah, the real it was problem over.
0: with Dolph Ziggler is that he's an asshole. Like that's the big difference between Dolph Ziggler and yeah. Sami Zayn because Dolph Ziggler is the type of person when he loses a match, he'll still go go out there and brag and yada 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 and things I'm like that. When it comes to Sami Zayn, I look at him as like the moral compass of WWE. And to pick yeah. up off of what Micah was saying, the narrative that you paint around indie guys where it's like this is, you know, a guy he he was successful on the indies but he can't quite cut it in WWE. Even though he does need to be kind of a loser to tell that story, I think that that is a story that's worth telling. And then to further
2: bounce off of that, Sammy, the problem with Sammy losing is that it's always so punctual. With Daniel Bryan, he always had the machine every which way against him. If he was facing Randy Orton, there was like Batista floating around somewhere. If he was facing... Um uh just, just a random guy. The authority were always beating him down. And that's why we as a fan base got behind them because we as human beings don't like to be screwed out, especially by other people screwing us. With Dan with not Daniel. With Sammy, it is uh, they they became really bad, especially on Raw, that it is, Oh, he's good, but he just can't do it. Look at Drew McIntyre now that he's back. Remember when he was there and they called him the chosen one? That dude lost every freaking match I ever saw of him. He only won the Intercontinental Championship from John Morrison and every other time he lost. But they called him the chosen one. And you just can't get behind this dude that just emphatically loses now and now that he's on smackdown i think now with sammy the world is his oyster he can but, go anywhere
1: now here's the issue i have with that i'm not saying that Sami Zayn's character can't reach that point if he has a strong authority type figure in opposition to him but on smackdown there isn't anybody who fits that role so
2: no how would you, oh there won't go ahead
1: how would you tweak that kind of story, because it doesn't necessarily have to be Daniel Bryan-esque, but, right.
2: but, I don't think it's going to be, oh, sorry, I thought you were letting me jump in. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> they, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be authority-esque, but they've kind of already exhausted the option of going back to Kevin Owens because, you know, Kevin mm-hmm. Owens is now, you know, I've heard a lot of people complaining about, oh, Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn are still on the same show. Well, it's not confirmed that Kevin Owens is there yet. So first off, don't right. bitch about that. And secondly, they've already told that story. They've, you know, that brotherhood's already been disbanded and, and it, you know, they said it was the last time we've seen them together and yet they are still going to that well and they probably will do it again. So I'm wondering who can you put in his opposition to tell something of an underdog story with Sami Zayn? So I, million
0: if, million. if oh, I'm, if ahead, I'm Sam. reading what you're saying, like Daniel Bryan, he had his hurdles to jump over beating triple H at WrestleMania and then beating, um, Batista and Batista Randy, Orton, the- that—that—that that was his crowning moment. So you're trying to see, like, what—what what are they building to for Sammy? Yes. Okay, Micah, anything? For me, uh, remember as
2: I said with Miz earlier, he can't compete with all those other people. When I look at Sammy now on Raw, I'm sorry, God dang, SmackDown. He can, he it, He's on equal footing with everybody. He's AJ Styles. So first off, I'm going to name the first few that come to mind that will when be... When you say money. equal
0: footing, what do you mean?
2: Meaning that the... Like the if if story... AJ
0: Styles versus versus Sami Zayn, you could see Sami Zayn having a chance against AJ. 100%. And
2: AJ is the top pinnacle How star of so? it.
0: so? Because...
2: There's some... Oh, go ahead.
0: <laughs> like, I... Yeah...
2: <laughs> that's understandable they've never painted they never get painted you the picture that he could one i remember the fact that a year ago actually it was a number one contendership at the i think it was the, the whatever the match whatever the first pay-per-view was when uh, roman and um aj fought he had a number one contender match with aj to be inserted in that match you guys just don't remember it at least right now maybe some of the viewers do uh, listeners It was a damn good match. And Sammy, once again, as always, he always gets really close, but never gets the full cigar. I don't know if he smokes. It's really bad for your health. Anywho, besides that, Sammy, it's always that he's so close, but so far. Now then, you said his opposition. Baron Corbin is the first person I think of, because look at Kalisto. He beat the snot out of him every freaking time. The problem, the difference is that I think Sammy's going to start giving Baron his comeuppance, because until John Cena showed up, Baron Corbin was undefeated on SmackDown. <laughs> um, he never, ever got pinned. He, he definitely lost, like, by not following the rules, which is my favorite thing about him, because he just doesn't understand the rules of the job that he does. But Sammy's going to be the one that's going to be pin him. And Sammy's going to be the one to get himself over by not only putting over those those bad guys that are beating him up, but, putting over himself by beating said people the the he does have a lot going against him with example AJ Styles being the top guy and now we have Shinsuke floating around who is right there next to AJ he's technically third face if Sammy is booked correctly we saw it on NXT we've seen it on other programs and we we've talked about multiple times NXT is a different animal if Sammy is definitely booked right he will get up to that big face on On Raw, Uh, damn it, SmackDown.
0: (laughs) I see. The thing is, I'm I'm realizing what the issue is, and we can see it right here with Dalton. The problem is that when it comes to Sami Zayn, there's not some overarching story that people can see. Like we we need that opposition for Sami Zayn to be tangible, or at the very least, if it's like an internal issue that he's facing. For example, down in NXT, the problem. Sami Zayn couldn't win the championship because he didn't have that quote-unquote killer instinct. They told that story, and they we, we followed him on that journey to him unlocking that killer instinct and battling with his morals. Do I do this? Is it going to get me closer to the championship if I betray what I believe in? And all of those different types of things. We saw that story being told, but it's just that Sami Zayn, he has all of the moves right now but that narrative just has not been established for him so it's difficult for people to buy into it because most folks are just looking at Sami Zayn like okay he's good in the ring but the dude is a loser because they don't see what's going on behind the scenes because WWE hasn't started to connect those dots quite yet maybe when they get closer to the point where they're ready to pull the trigger on Sami Zayn and whatever long-term plan that they have for him, they'll start to reveal exactly what's going on to everyone. But for right now, folks are just looking at Sami Zayn like, okay, he's good, but he's kind of a chump. Yep. And I know. Now you're going to see that chump rise. Go ahead.
1: I know the seeds are there because if we're looking, uh, if we go back to, God, Roadblock, end of the line. I hate saying that pay-per-view name, but if we go back to that, to that trash pay-per-view, that was where uh, Zayn faced Strowman in that really odd, like, 10-minute survival match where, you know, if Zane survived the 10-minute time limit, then he won. Um, and despite the fact that I wasn't a fan of the match, the build on the go-home show between Mick Foley and Zayn, I was like... Not anticipating it to be that emotional when you know Mick Foley actually trolled the crowd and said we were considering trading you for Eva Marie. And not only <laughs> are they showing their knowledge about you know where you stand in the fans' eyes and where you stand uh, by everyone's impressions, but Zayn actually showed some aggression there. And so I was like, wow, okay, I can buy it. And despite the fact that the match wasn't really anything to write home about, I bought into Sami Zayn being pissed off enough that it's like, really, you considered me for this bullshit? So. Yep.
0: Yeah, so that is I one point where they unlocked it. Yeah, and it, and it it sprinkles.
2: Remember when he stood up to Stephanie just a few weeks ago on Raw for in Mick favor Hobie? of Mick Foley? Yeah, awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. That, that was awesome. That's that was more so along good. the lines of him being like the moral compass of WWE because there are so many like if W I should I guess this it applies to the real world as well. You don't find really good. Like good, good people, and they're far and few between in WWE as well. But Sami Zayn is one of, if not the only, like legitimate good guy. shit Even John I'd Cena love- is a, you know, a shitty person. Oh yeah, Ooh. fire
1: and blanksmith,
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I was a dick. And for me, and uh, and that's that's another show, a topic that hopefully one day I can maybe express uh the, trust me guys we uh, we've said it multiple times we're working on the facebook page we got a whole bunch of things in the works i, I want to express not only the reason why you like people but the reason why you connect to them and for me i connect with sammy because i see a lot of his aspects it's because that of the hat I'm...
1: right i was like yeah, yeah wearing... you're, you look <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> in
2: that photo i was <laughs> wearing that right now <laughs> but we I think I think we've definitely expressed Jay what do you think what do you think is your is is the best acquisitions for each show
0: without a shadow of a doubt overall it's Charlotte yeah look at the uh Smackdown women's division and I think that Charlotte has the ability to elevate that division and anyone who's in the orbit of Charlotte is automatically going to feel more important just because she is there a hundred percent. And and she I, she I, I takes that you, I, legitimacy I, I, from a booking perspective with her to SmackDown and I cannot wait to see what that division looks like once she gets, you know, her, you know, paws into it. A hundred
2: percent. There Charlotte, I was going I was going definitely for that whole uh what is it, last Mark Sandy, which will be tomorrow guys. Be no,
0: no. It'll be next week oh. for them
2: next week so yeah get
0: get, get your, get I, your comp- I wish i could do a day turnaround Shit. that'd be amazing Oh
2: um, Lord! W-
1: while we're on the topics though uh if i could extend the question to both of you two guys um starting with me what do you think or who would you have positioned that didn't switch so which superstar would you choose that didn't end up uh, moving anywhere um for me there was one superstar that you know didn't see the light of day and i was hoping they would move and that's luke Luke harper um personally i've only just recently jumped on the luke harper bandwagon and i know quite a few of the fans have as well because they've started this luke chant at first i couldn't tell what they were saying um (laughs) but you know luke harper's attempted to change up his persona he's bought a black tank top so he went to target and you know bought a haynes four pack now um, he
0: he only did that because now you can't tell when it's dirty so yeah right doesn't have to wash it as often um (laughs) but to, to be
1: quite honest, I think Luke Harper's connection to the Bray Wyatt family and that whole story has run its course um I thought bray uh, Br- uh, no, uh, Luke was picking up a whole lot of momentum going into um what was it the week where they did the really oddly timed you know poorly implemented finish with him and a j Styles mm-hmm. That was where I was like, that's your turning point, Luke and you know unfortunately, even on SmackDown Luke didn't have a whole lot of momentum after that point um and I thought, okay, here's a here's a good chance to distance him from Bray Wyatt. Here's a good chance to distance him from that whole story and give him a singles run, put him on Raw. Um, but unfortunately, they didn't do that. So Luke is my missed opportunity.
0: I would Jay. like to see uh, Cesaro switch over to SmackDown. Mm-mm.
2: You guys are taking the good picks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Your reasoning, Jay?
0: Because... I think that getting him out of the orbit of the. Well, I guess Stephanie isn't there, at least for the time being, on Raw. But I would. I I could definitely see a story being told between Daniel Bryan and Cesaro, where Daniel Bryan acknowledges how talented Cesaro is. And he, you know, says something like, okay, well. You've been through all this stuff in WWE and, you know, the, the owner of the company has called you out. And, you know, he said this and he said that I am going to give you the platform to show the entire world how good you are. You have this opportunity The SmackDown is a land of opportunity. I'm going to give you this platform and you go out there and you tear the house down. And whether you sink or swim, it's on you. But I have faith in you, knowing that you will be a great asset to this company, to this show, and just give them that platform and let them run wild.
2: Hundred percent. I, I, you took to every word that I've ever thought of Cesaro in my brain and put it out in the world right now. See, I
0: think. this is what happens when you pass the buck. You, you, you just gave the floor to me. Like, go, oh, Jay. You, you could have said this. Nah, man. All this.
2: Nah, man. I wanted you to. <laughs> I, I want you. I want everyone to get their get get their shit in listen, to Mr. GMSI <laughs> and and get it out there. For me, since you chose SmackDown, uh Dalton and Jay you chose Raw, I'm going to choose NXT cuz off limits, DIY to Smackdown like no one's business cuz they need it. They need it. Mm-hmm. You know what you got? They got the shining stars. <laughs> Oh. They got the shining stars. I didn't even put them on my, my radar as a thought. Now I put it out there on Twitter, once again at Micah and Kool-Aid, and you guys can find uh, that that I state that when they showed up they did seem to have some sort of a fire. Um but like It was the jeans man, it, Yes. It was it was literally the jeans and that they weren't wearing <laughs> shirts. That was about it. It was it was hot in the arena. So that's why they looked like they they were they had the fire and they they needed to take it out on. I didn't even recognize American them when they showed up. Mm-hmm. It was they they it they they have the possibility of falling into that Brizango bank and I've heard Evan definitely talk about it and I will remember when it was Primo and Epico and I think Rosa Mendez and they were putting on really good matches. They had no stories, but they did very good matches. Now with the shining stars on SmackDown and SmackDown is the land of opportunity. They have, as I said, an empty canvas, but I just don't care about them. If and while, uh, what is it? While SmackDown also did get the New Day, and they have a whole bunch of antics with them, I am waiting for DIY to fall to SmackDown because they need it, and they would spice it up so much. Uh, do we remember when uh, they didn't almost win the NXT? T- Titles and you thought Tommaso Ciampa was going to turn on him, and mm. then they hugged, like yeah. men. And remember the <laughs> remember the cruiserweight classic where they both fought each other, and Johnny Gargano beat him. And you thought that Tommaso Ciampa was going to turn on him. Mm. I feel like that's a joke. That's like he they go to McDonald's and uh, and Johnny eats the last chicken McNugget, and you think that Tommaso's going to turn on him. And he's like, here's a hug. <laughs> that's that's their life every day, <laughs> every day. Ah, oh, crap. He took the car. Is someone also going to be mad? Nah. <laughs> nah <eat my> dog. <laughs> I need that ASAP, and especially on SmackDown. They would make it so good, and I'm, I, it's going to happen by the end of this year.
0: I'm okay. waiting for it. So, Micah, I got something for you. Because I was reading your tweets, what was it, yesterday? I saw some interesting tweets there. So it's referencing JBL.
2: Oh, damn it.
0: ahead <laughs> so and talk about it.
1: You thought you were getting out of this one. So, uh,
0: okay, go ahead. And I quote, am I the only person who doesn't want JBL fired? If he's fired, it solves nothing. If it's a problem, put him in anger put him in an anger management program. Another tweet. I don't ever want to see anyone get fired. While JBL bullying, being mean, is bad, focus on making him as a better person. Are you the only one that doesn't want JBL to be fired? No. JBL doesn't want JBL to be fired, so that's two people. (laughs) Secondly, on the whole thing of firing JBL, I think it does... Solve something, because him being in the position that he's in in WWE, it kind of enables him to do what it is that he's doing, and it seems as if him still being there, it's like an endorsement of his actions, if all of this stuff is true, and I mean, at this point, it's either this years-long conspiracy by tons of people in the wrestling industry against JBL, or... There's got to be some truth to it. That there, There's only two ways about it. it it's either a big-ass conspiracy where everybody is conspiring a, to get JBL, or there's got to be some truth to it. Now that that has been established, I'm thinking that he probably has got to go. Yeah. And I don't look at him as some little puppy where you're training him, you know, you, you're potty training them or house training them. That is an old-ass dog. And like the saying goes, you can't <laughs> teach an old dog new tricks. JBL has been up to his tricks for a long, long time. time. And I don't know if anyone else noticed this. But I, I actually think that they, uh, some of you mentioned it in the uh, DM group on Twitter. He was on his best behavior on SmackDown.
2: Oh, yeah. As well he
0: should be. And did you all he, notice also Byron Saxton?
2: Yeah.
0: His commentary improved. Look, who would have known if you don't have somebody trying to, you know, Bash smother you? the you. whole show. Yeah, if, <laughs> if you don't have somebody breathing down your damn neck the whole show, you get to be a little bit more free and you get to focus on actually providing good. To- Who'd have thunk it? Man. Huh. And this is what I was talking about, what was it, last week, where JBL, he kind of, you know, establishes the dynamic of the commentary team. And if he's on his best behavior, you know, you don't have to be walking around on eggshells trying to avoid pissing him off so he can rant on you. You become a better commentator. And with him, not with his... You know, B.S., I think that the product overall improves and we actually get some good narration to the show.
2: So for me and JBL, we've all so first off, before I begin, we've all had bullies, at least at some point in their life. If you wasn't bullied at some point. You were a bully, <laughs> um, and, and besides that, I'm not saying obvious before before everyone hears this and thinks that definitely bullying is not okay. I'm not cool with that. I've had many of a bully, not just because of the way that I act, but because I've I've had racist things happen to me. But this ain't about that show. This is for if you guys want to ask about that, you ask me about it. But with JBL and him being a bully. And in the same way of Like How can I put it When I, sit, when I put out those tweets For me I don't ever want to see a person get fired I always feel so bad if you go to a restaurant And they have bad service And then that one chick is just like You know what I'm going to put your job on the line Let me get your manager I'm just like the lady might be having a bad day Or she just might be really a bitch And just need to be washing some dishes in the back So no one can see her <laughs> Okay go
0: and let JBL wash dishes in the back then yeah. yes
2: yes now then with jbl with that factor it's that that piece of me always still exists that i don't want a person to be fired i want them to become better and that's my little sammy Zayn part of me speaking right there mm-hmm. i want a good part of a person to exude himself while jbl is damn sure an old dog and i'm sure that teaching him new tricks is not impossible get him off the show he do- doesn't provide good commentary at all It is far and in between that he'll give me something good, and then he'll immediately F it up. Um, So he doesn't do good commentary. His show on the network, I think it was uh, uh, he had like where he sat down with Legends or whatever. They say it was good. That was cancelled because I'm pretty sure it wasn't doing good. And it is, honest to God, the most uncomfortable thing if you watch bringing it to the table with him, because he's just yelling at this dude who's doing his job. (laughs) And He's like you. Sorry. Hold on. You know what you suck. You know that you are part of the uh, IWC and we just don't like you are and blah, 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 JBL. He he's such a factor into the business um, that even if he does disappear, his blemish will still be there. This whole uh, problem of him being a bully will obviously be there and him being gone will be an example. But I, even if he's gone, he'll still be he'll still have he'll still be this jackass. He'll still be this asshole and whatnot, just not on the program. No, but, but the want- thing is, you also
0: have to take into account that JBL is all up and through the backstage scene in WWE. That's where most of this stuff is probably happening. And actually, hell, th- there have been some times where it's happened in the ring and on, at the commentary table. But you know, it, it's not just that. Oh, JBL having a job with with WWE, you know, everything that he does begins and ends at the commentary table. It extends right. far beyond that. It, it.
2: It, so then after putting everything – oh, sorry, Dalton, uh, because I got a basic conclusion, but you go ahead before I do that.
1: Uh, yeah, it's – the thing is I've heard people weigh in on this, and uh, quite honestly, it really sucks – you know what moro is going through and, and it's not yeah. like moro it's not like this is an isolated incident if that were the case then i might understand why some people you know clamoring for jbl's being fired might be a little uh overzealous but this is kind of the straw that broke the camel's back because there are numerous stories of backstage stuff like uh jbl requesting that the hardys dress in his dressing room and like soaping edge's ass in the fucking showers like clearly like there is a There is a trail of breadcrumbs with JBL. And the issue with this is I've heard people pass off these stories like, oh, well, it's wrestling. Like, ribs are natural. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, this is the only sport where, like, shitting in somebody's um, duffel bag is a form of, you know, flattery, right? And that's the thing that I have a problem with is, like, at what point do you draw the line? Like mm-hmm. WWE being a publicly traded company and JBL being such a big part of the program, you have yeah. to establish that these actions are not okay. And it's it's unfortunate because somebody like JBL, looking at his backstage prowess, he probably has a job for life. But the the thing that happens here is I can only see this being blown up more and more and more. Um, oh yeah. And with moral being. You know, a sympathetic character because people are becoming more aware of what he was going through during this whole time um, especially with a a documentary that was being released about him which coincidentally is coming out now but it has um, nothing really to do with this incident it just happens to be really good timing for Moro the thing about JBL is the bloom is off the rose for him as Jay mentioned you really can't teach an old dog new tricks and he's been doing this for so long I don't really think reconditioning is possible for somebody like him at this point. Mm-hmm. It's really one of those things where um sure they might try to let it blow over. They they might try to let this, you know, let the wind carry this away and see where it is in a month, but to be quite honest, the only resolution to this kind of problem and the treating of superstars backstage and uh on-air personalities for that matter, I feel like the only way that's going to change is to make an example out of JBL.
0: And going on to that whole thing of people making excuses for you know Mm. this this type of stuff you know i'm not speaking on anyone specifically i'm not speaking on any you know specific entity but there are some people out there they know about being in like uniformed armed forces type things and with that you can Encounter hazing and just all around people being assholes. And I think that the thing that comes into play with stuff like that and also wrestling, there's this macho type mentality to where if you allow yourself to get bullied, that's the sin. That makes you the weak person. And so it's not on, it's not the responsibility of the bully to stop bullying stop being an asshole, it's your responsibility it's, to know how to receive that and to not...
1: To it's like a, a rite of passage.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. the, the, the unfortunate thing about that is that it's like, I can do whatever the hell I want to you. You have to accept that because if you don't, you're not tough. You're not a tough guy. You're not a macho man. You're not an alpha male. And people look at things like that and they're like, oh, well, you know, I like you said, it's a rite of passage and I have to get through that to reap the benefits of being a part of this organization or whatever. And they make so many friggin' excuses for bullshit, absolute bullshit, just to make themselves feel better and to feel more manly. And I don't get that incessant need to be seen as, you know, this big manly man to the point where I'm going to allow myself to be abused or I'm going to, you know, accept someone else being abused just to get that. Like, it ain't worth it for me. It truly is not.
2: Jay put it the best in that it is in the Macho Man, at not Macho Man Randy Savage, but Macho, Macho yeah, lowercase Sense. sense lowercase <laughs> yes lowercase sims. The, in lower uh in the macho aspect of that either you trudge on through it or you butt back you you hit you 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 hit back or something which is which is my case if I get to that level but besides that mm-hmm. I, with I um oh I, we could talk about that <laughs> off the air i, I got, got stuff Swing on him! <laughs> but besides that with, for example, and my and my conclusion, and I'm going to point to the examples in the real-life world, because this is a real-life thing. In WWE, obviously, they're real athletes and real people who experience real pain and whatnot in storylines. But, like, you know, tipping over an ambulance, those are larger-than-life things that are mm-hmm. believable. He did that for real. This is a real life issue in the world, and that's why it's got a bigger problem. And it, and it should, because back back in the old days, people were like oh, as you said, oh, it's cool that uh, you just got to get through it. You're you're gonna be part of the guys and whatnot. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> why can't I just be accepted when I get in? Why can't I just be a part of it? Why can't I just be accepted for who I am? And the JBL is constantly doing through the years, as you said, Dalton. He's touching, uh, grabbing up on Edge's ass in the bathroom. We have a myriad list of things that the Miz has said that JBL has done to him on air. Mm-hmm. Um, you, so you can else? just imagine he what he didn't hit, say. Exactly. He, 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 he hid a man's passport so that he couldn't get to the United States. That's a federal offense. That's a federal law offense. You go to jail for that. And JBL just gets to get off scot-free with it. And um and that's not cool. That's not cool and that's not okay. And and I look at it in the way of the real world now and the conclude it all, let's look at, for example, I believe about six years ago there was a fraternity that was like doing these awful things to these kids. You know what happened oh. to all those people in the fraternity? They got kicked out. They got they got expelled. They could never go back to that college ever again. You know what happened, for example, and I'll go to the go to the wrestling world. Hulk, Hulk Hogan and all of the crap that he did, you know who what happened to him? He got the yeah. They 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 came to terms and said you're too much of a PR problem. We got to cut you loose. And then to an even smaller but a major degree, Matt Bloom of NXT. Remember the guy before Tensai, A Train, whatever his real name is. No, sorry, Matt Bloom is his name. I forgot who the original Bill guy DeMott. was. Before. Bill Demott.
1: Yeah, yeah he was with, with the there. donuts.
2: For messing with them constantly and berating them and making them feel like crap. JBL is doing that, and it is publicly shown. So if they are willing to cut people like Hulk Hogan out, they can cut out JBL. So for that, I will say definitely him being fired is a thing. And it's now getting to nuclear levels. You could hear the crowd on SmackDown chanting fire JBL at some point. A guy oh, had a
1: somebody sp- got kicked out. Yeah, you're, you're got somebody got... Service. Like I don't think I've. I mean, I, I know that WWE has this thing where, like, if you bring a um, belligerent sign that doesn't fit their narrative, they'll ask you to move off the hard camera. But to actually say leave because you've got a fire JBL sign. That's getting a little excessive.
0: Yeah, because it's calling them out on their bullshit. They're calling them out on their hypocrisy because they don't want to go around town, you know, all over the country, getting all of the PR for be a star, don't be a bully, be a star. And you have someone who has countless, you know, ticks on his record, you know, and he he's still there. You're not doing anything about it at all, or at least from the perspective of uh, what. A lot of people think should be done about it. You're not taking any actions. I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure he's got a talking to, a very stern talking to. But oh, yeah. maybe we're beyond that point now. And WWE, they don't like you calling them out on their BS.
2: Yep. It's even on ESPN. It's an ESPN article now. <laughs> you can. It is. It is now that anyone can find that now. And he ain't doing himself any favors because he's just blocking people left and right who aren't even talking or doing anything to him, Evan. Oh, <laughs> he
1: too. blocked I, me? Yeah, I, the,
2: I, oh, I got haven't
1: blocked? said a thing. I'm, the thing is, I don't even follow Moro, because I know I know JBL was blocking <laughs> anybody who follows Moro, too. I don't wow. follow either JBL or Moro. So, so he blocked only, you, too, I, I think it was just because, I'm sorry, what? He blocked you, too? Yeah, I think it was oh, literally shit. just because I'm connected to the PWF Empire hashtag. And like, I don't know if all of us have been
2: affected, but check I've been blocked. And I haven't weighed in at all. I have not been blocked yet. I make sure to check on a daily basis <laughs> just to see <laughs> if he's if he's petty at me or anything. And he still ain't done it. I think he's like, you know what? I like that boy, that like a Kool-Aid kid. He said he don't want me fired. Well, he going to be pissed off when he hears this shit.
0: Well so, that, yeah. see I haven't So even, I
2: may as well get on the clock trade.
0: I I don't tweet I've never tweeted JBL I've referenced him a few times to talk about how bad he yeah. is, you know, how, how, how terrible his commentary is. But you know, it shit that was months ago though. I, I did tweet out this um one gif of it, it basically had uh David Otunga, JBL in a boat that had a hole in it and Moro was in there too and he was the only one Trying to you know get the water out of the boat, but uh, so basically saying he's carrying the commentary, t- Maybe that was what set him off. I don't know.
2: Uh, yeah. He, he, and Dal- and Dalton, he was just like, mm, he's got long hair. I don't like that. I'm I'm from Texas. F that. Get him out of here. He <laughs> locked him in. He's mm-hmm. Evan. He's got a girl with him. You know what I got? I's got a Salisbury steak and money on mine. <laughs> F him. He's
0: out. Who do you sound like right now? I don't know. Yo, I can't Samity really say <laughs> yeah, I haven't got it yet with him. He's he's
2: tough because he's got just this really hard Texan accent and I just can't
0: hit it. Yeah. You sound like Yosemite Sam right there. Okay. we. I'm going to go to a few questions that we got uh, on the PWF empire. Hashtag first up. Um, this is from John Kyleton. Do you think there is a problem with selling moves in WWE? Like with the quote-unquote indie style, people get up seconds after a big move. I think there's a certain balance that you have to strike here because while I am a fan of... I'm a fan of Triple H, but yeah, you you all know that at this point. The style that he works in the ring is very methodical and a whole hell of a lot slower than what we're used to today. Maybe not go to that far of the extreme. We don't need everyone following behind Triple H, but there is somewhere in between where you can create a balance that the, the moves actually have impact. And I forgot who this was. It was probably Jim Cornette or someone. They say that um, WWE and, you know, especially the indies, because that is the quote unquote indie style. They book matches like you're playing a video game because that's what people want to (laughs) see these days. They want to see a battle of superheroes and they want to see something that, you know, as far as you can possibly get away from reality, like how a real fight would go that's what they want to see they want to see the acrobatics and they want to see you know the agility and all that types of all that type of crazy stuff and i guess you don't have time to sell moves you know move right Um, to the next one
2: for me no and and i will say for example i own pwg dvds i have like 24. i am definitely Mm -hmm. trust me I understand. There uh, we, we could talk about it at a different time and whatnot. I, I'm not a big like Indy, like for me, when I see a person do a super kick and they just get back up after it, that that irks me so bad. I hate it. Um, so you know I'm not a big fan of the young bucks right there, sorry people. Um <laughs> as well as uh like what else? There's certain like uh uh what is it Kevin Owens does a variation of his old school indie move the pop uh the what is it um oh man I can't, it's a power bomb but it's basically a power package power driver that's it and he oh, turns yeah, it yeah. now he does it now he did it on raw just now he turns it into a power bomb he puts him in a package kind of cradle and then he transitions them into a power bomb slam I like that honestly better than the pop-up power bomb I think it's flashy but still cool and it would keep any regular person down but then a person kicks out, and then Dean Ambrose hits him with the Dirty D's, and he wins, <laughs> and whatnot. There is a degree, there is a fine line in between there. But then, for me, also with wrestling, I also watch outside of WWE, and I just literally watched uh, two days ago Okada versus Shibata. Boy, if you with an I, B O I, and that I is a capital, they hit, they are hitting the crap out of each other. They are beating the living snot out of each other. And they are going for 45 minutes. And it's not... And I, and I used to... Uh, when I was it Younger, I would say, WWE is for the story. In Japan, you go there to get fucked up. You go, to, you go there to <laughs> wrestle and get fucked up. Because they hit each other hard as snot. You can see the sweat explode off of their bodies. The blows. At one point, Shibata picks up, picks up Okada and headbutts him in the head. Immediately after the match was over, he passed out from a concussion. They hit hard, and but they still did a forty-five to fifty-minute match. And that, for wrestling, me is that these guys are prime athletes that can take a massive amount of damage. So when a guy hits a super kick to them, they've been through and it's an experience that they've experienced this so many times now that that one little inch, that one piece of part of them that wants to win this match will kick out of it. uh, yeah Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) it's it's understandable dalton uh
1: for me it's uh i think you guys both covered bases really well i think it's a fine line um the issue i have is that i think while I, i wouldn't say like today's style has an issue with um too much flashiness there's a lack of protected finishers there's a few finishers we could list off right now like the aa the rko um Dirty D. Stays
0: exactly. down for dirty.
1: that. Yeah, but then like there's a list of these protected finishers that pretty much seal the deal whenever they happen. But then you have moves like my biggest offender is Dean Ambrose's uh like Larry at clothesline where he lays back yep. on the ropes and then comes back up. I hate like that. you'll you'll have him like someone will super kick Ambrose, he'll fall back into the ropes, rebound right back up, and then clothesline, and then the guy who just super kicked him is selling for the clothesline. Like <laughs> yep. It doesn't make any sense and like the styles clash even that to an extent has uh, been watered down like that is a move that used to finish people in tna that used to be a end of a match
2: In and japan, now it's good for a two count. two count in japan he did it to yoshitatsu and broke his neck yeah yoshitatsu he really used to like, finish
0: people with his styles clash
2: and they built it in japan as that it was they say when he did it they say killer because he kills <laughs> them it was built as a killer move if he does it you're not you're not coming you're not kicking out a three you're dead (laughs) and and that's
1: the thing it's like uh, there aren't a whole lot of these protected finishers that i think um we can work with because every now and again you'll get a match where somebody is such a formidable opponent that like wow one of my finishers doesn't do the trick i've got to pull two or possibly three out and on occasion when you use that sparingly i think it's a good narrative to tell but more often than not, you'll have a really good match. It's going back and forth. You've got fire between two opponents. The momentum is moving, and then it becomes a finisher fest.
2: Mm-hmm. And we the, can you uh, off so many finishers right now, like skull crushing finale <laughs> that very yeah. rarely closes it. Uh, uh, lose un- lose underbomb
1: has never pinned anybody.
2: Never pinned anybody. It's not a finisher. It's a signature. You play WW2K17.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Shoot <laughs> Cesaro's uppercut. That like the oh, one, that, that's a finisher. Yep. The the one where he lifts him up and actually actually uppercuts him, that to me looks like a video game
2: finisher. Oh, right. and it doesn't pin people. Uh the bro kick sometimes even. Um hell, the magic killer from the club. People kick out of that crap all the time. That's their only finisher. People kick out of everything the club does. <laughs> <laughs> My heart. My heart.
0: Okay. Second question here. Uh, this is from Simon 8217. Do you think that Owens versus Zane for the WWE championship could main event WrestleMania next year?
1: Oh that. No. Could it? It probably could. Do I want it to? No.
2: I don't think it can. Not right now. I give it 2 years, maybe 3. I need to They'll have distance. some sort of a yeah, I definitely need some more distance. That's why I want it to be three years. I I don't know about this upcoming uh, WrestleMania, which I'm trying to go so bad to. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't think that they'll be fighting each other. At least I really don't want them to. I want them to stay away from each other for two to three years, come together, and then do it for the WWE Championship. I'm going with a solid no.
0: Okay. Well, Jay? Any- No. I mean... uh, It's the
2: possibility.
0: I I don't see that as a main event. Well, maybe it could be a main event if they went the route that you were talking about, Micah, with uh, Sami Zayn. And maybe this is the way the entire picture ties together. You know, but I, I don't understand... They can make it work, or at least they can lie to us and tell us that it's working. Um, reigniting he's, he's, the feud between those two and making Kevin Owens that um, that barrier for Sami Zayn. Making him he that said made of it. He said main
2: event, right? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Hell no, but but WWE tells us that Randy Orton winning the Royal Rumble means that he's going to get a main event shot. <laughs> it's that it's that quote Russ
0: unquote main. main event. Yeah, main events. Mm. All righty. Uh, anything more to say before we head off air?
1: Um. Just quickly, shouts out to Kevin Owens on Talking Smack this past Tuesday. Um, you know, I think a lot of people were worried with The Miz being gone. I know Mike had mentioned at the top of the show that there was going to be a void to fill on Talking Smack. And one thing I enjoyed about Kevin Owens is that he made Renee Young, and this is probably where he went off script, mentioning Renee Young and Dean Ambrose's marriage. Congrats to them, by the way. Um 100%. Him going off script and doing that really made the whole show feel uncomfortable, but not like a, not like a, you just ruined the show uncomfortable. Like, we all legitimately are pissed off at you, kind of uncomfortable. And then for him to say, like, to Daniel Bryan, well, uh, uh, congrats on your baby, Birdie, uh, on the way. You know, I've got a three-year-old child and a nine-year-old, so uh, <laughs> thank you for not bringing me onto your show last year so I couldn't provide for him. For Owens to say something like that on, you know... I really feel like this is the kind of thing where they don't give Owens a script. It, hence, you know, m- as was evidenced by him mentioning Renee, uh, Renee's marriage. Because right after, right after they said that, I think uh, whoever the next person was who came on the show tried to congratulate Renee, and they're like, "We're not going to talk about that right now." And it was just, you know, swept under the rug. So I, you know, while somebody could look at that and go, "Ooh, that's ooh, that was a bad move on Kevin Owens' part," honestly, he. I have faith that he'll keep my, you know, keep my attention on this new era of talking smack, if you will, because um, he'll be the kind of person where it's like I can't wait to see what you're gonna say, just because you're gonna make the whole uh, panel cringe and you know not know how to respond. And while someone might look at that and go, "Well, that's dead air," no, I think that's Kevin oh. Owens being such a badass and such a jerk that you you want him to go away, but you don't want him to go away at the same time, you know.
0: I can't wait for New Day. I'm talking. About yes, that. they're they're going to they're going to be a
2: hoot. I honestly can't and wait to Rusev and Lana. I think Rusev and Lana are going to be freaking awesome on on it. But for to bounce off of you Dalton, Owens was
0: terrifying.
2: I haven't I haven't been that uncomfortable and scared of him since probably his NXT days. He seems so on the edge that if Shane or Daniel Bryan or even Renee Young he was about to just whoop their ass right there on on the huh. thing, <laughs> Renee, straight man. straight through the table. It felt like if she was like, you know what, Kevin? Maybe they just didn't want you. He would have just took off that mic and just boom, <laughs> fuck the honeymoon, right through the table. And what happened for that uh, for the ring thing was that he said it, and then Shane was ready to do was talk about it, and then she's like, let's let's not talk about it. And he was like, oh, so we're not doing that now? Yeah. Owens definitely has no script. It, for what I feel like with Talking Smack is that they say, talk about not being on not being drafted the first time. And then it's up to that person to do whatever the hell they want. And Owens did it. And he's going to continue. I think Talking Smack is going to be really rattled up this year. Because we got Rusev, we got the New Day. We got Charlotte. When Charlotte's on that thing, man, boy. Uh who else we got? Um, the uh, the Usos always give good promos on Talking Smack. It's mm-hmm. always fun. Um, Sammy. Sammy's in there. I think Sammy's going to be showing that fire on there. I'm going to keep holding my Sammy Zane flag. The people who I definitely don't like on Talking Smack is, those, like, for example, Apollo. I was just like, oh, you just smile a lot. And Ty is running Apollo, into Apollo, that- happy
0: to be here, Cruz.
2: yeah. And I mean, he's, he's on
1: Raw now, so he won't be there.
2: I wonder you know what's gonna be funny? Shinsuke on there, because you go be like, yeah, he said stuff, but you don't understand a damn thing he said.
1: <laughs> that's why I'm I'm hopeful for Shinsuke actually, because I don't know if you got if you caught this, but Daniel Bryan took the initiative to kind of tell a lot of Shinsuke's yes. backstory, and that's yeah. where I was starting to think, you know they could do something here where Daniel Bryan is basically the voice that Shinsuke can't be, because let's be honest, you know, as much as we all like Shinsuke, we don't have a whole lot of faith that he can deliver a promo clearly. I mean, he only had like two lines of dialogue this past Tuesday and that's all it needed to be. But the fact of the matter is he can't do the traditional WWE promo. It, you know, it's his skill set simply just does not allow for it. And, with somebody like Daniel Bryan who knows Shinsuke's background, who has wrestled with him before, who knows where he came up from in Japan, he can really provide the narrative that Shinsuke may not be able to um, articulate for us. And I think-, I think Talking Smack is a perfect platform
2: for that. I think they're trying to avoid the wet chance. Look at uh, Akira Tozawa. Akira talks probably the best English I've ever seen from a Japanese or uh, individual in the ring. I'm looking at Asuka, even Funaki. Um, who's been there freaking forever, Um, uh, Shinsuke uh, Hideo Itami. uh, Tozawa speaks very good English, but when he's on that mic, you know what the crowd is doing because we're wrestling fans? What? 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 Shinsuke will get that immediately when he picks up that mic, and I really think that they're doing the right calls and doing the right things to avoid
0: that. Alrighty, guys, that is it for the PWF Empire Podcast this week. Thank you all for tuning in. Just last thing before we go off air. So next week we will have the last mark standing championship edition. It will be Lucas versus Manny ah. versus Duke. Prediction. We got a
2: triple threat, y'all. Predictions. Nope. Oh, I'm going with Duke. I mean, sorry Manny, 100%. I'm sorry. I know you guys can hear me. Manny no, can attest every Oh, for real. Okay. Every time Manny is on that on that uh, Last March Standing since the first days when it was going, Manny always actually I think he's never I think he's undefeated. I think he's never been I've never he's never lost and Manny always comes out swinging. I have all my chips on Manny.
1: Um my the underdog in me obviously my, my I lean towards Lucas, you know, Lucas is my buddy and I know Duke is a wild card. Duke is somebody who can pick options he wasn't going to use and then change his mind at last minute and then vote for them and and come up with a compelling argument and Manny's always been consistent. I know it's going to be a good match. I want Lucas, but I think uh Manny's going to take it.
2: Okay. You, no, the, the, go okay, go ahead.
0: Well, that's
2: it. That's
0: the end of the show. All right. Oh, wait, Jay. Before we close, Before we close it,
2: we got, just so everyone's aware, we got our Raw shows. We got our Raw shows after Raw, af- after 11. Uh, once Raw goes off, we have a Raw review with Cass. It's usually Dalton. It's supposed to be Dalton. I just had to step in this one time. Um, and then we have on Tuesdays our shows with Evan and Lucas. Uh, that's after SmackDown. Don't go watch too- – sorry – Watch 205 Live because it's an amazing show, but definitely watch our show before you watch 205 Live because it's better than 205 Live.
0: <laughs> Alrighty, Thank you all for tuning in to the PWF Empire podcast. We'll be back next week. Until then, catch you later. Peace. Later Every days. Again, <laughs> That's my
2: gimmick. You guys are rude. <laughs>